You are listening to Myth Behaving, a podcast with a little bit of attitude on the literary world. Won't you come Myth Behave with us? Hello and welcome to Myth Behaving. This is episode number 27 of the Myth Behaving podcast and we are recording on February 23rd. I'm Mary Wilson and I'm joined by my usual co-host and producer, Miss Carla Clifton. Hey Carla, how are you today? I am absolutely fabulous, feeling so much better, and the weather is really beautiful here in Southeast Texas, and I don't want to rub that in, but it is just like in the 70s, so we're really liking it. Yeah, I bet, because you guys had it bad for a while, like back east did, and uh, we we didn't. It just skipped over us over here in Nevada, so... Yeah, I won't rub that in, though, no, either. No, no, because there's lots of people that are having lots of rain and lots of snow, and I, you know, I feel for you. But anyway, I am doing fabulous. Hello, listeners. Each myth-behaving show features a special guest from the literary world. It could be a writer, a publisher, agent, editor, or anyone else connected with the world of publishing. Plus, we have several segments related to reading or writing. in the library of a myth behavior. And that means it's time for something from the library of a myth behavior. And today I'm recommending Destiny's Past. This is an urban fantasy by Patricia C. Lee. And this novel is so much fun. It brings us a hot hero named Jarek, a savvy heroine named Kelly, and so much fun when Jarek's not-so-dead body lands on her autopsy table. So it is, it starts off with a blast and just keeps going. Uh, Jarek, we find out, he claims he's from the past, and Kelly's trying to figure out, is this guy just nuts or what? And this adds such a fun element to the urban fantasy genre. And that must mean today's special guest is Patricia C. Lee. Welcome to the show, Pat, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, ladies. Thank you very much for having me up here, or down there, I should say. Um, I'm really thrilled to be on the show. Well, we're thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you so much for coming in. You're coming to us. You are our first international guest, Pat. I am so honored. Um, just let me uh, put in my sled dogs and my get my igloo sh- door shut because it's cold up here. Oh, no. And, and Pat's in Canada. And we're yeah. at? Uh, northern. It's northern Ontario. Oh, wow. I bet you are cold. You have. I bet she's ready to shoot us talking about our 70s weather. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything nasty, but I thought, please, ladies, you know what, what it's like. <laughs> no, but that's there's a reason we live south. Yes. And I would be there, too, if I could. But I am here, and that's the way it is. Well, absolutely. Well, you're, you're welcome to come visit, Pat. We'll let you. <laughs> Just be careful. I might take you up on that. <laughs> that's Okay. Of truth and mythery. Of truth and mythery is a segment where we take a commonly held publishing or writing belief and examine whether it's true or just another myth. Pat, please feel free to answer this one. 
urban fantasy is one of the most popular genres. Yes. And the reason I think is um, the influx of, um, because it's a mixture of so many different things. It's uh, a lot of it has to do with fantasy um, romance. Then there's, then there's the concept of the um, esoterical and then there's usually some suspense in there. And I think there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, whether it's male or female and depend, it doesn't matter what age that you are. I think there's always a little bit of something in that for everyone. Well, I'm partial to urban fantasy, so I'm going to agree with you on that. Yes. And I can't wait to read your book, Mary, because it is on my to be read list. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I, I love the idea of a guy from the past, um, coping with everything that he's got to deal with with the present because of course you know technology and everything they they didn't have that from his time period where did you get the idea to write this book uh it's kind of a long story um i had someone enter my life that was very special and um i kind of thought oh you know what if this person is reincarnated just because of, of his temperament and his uh, his character? And I thought, oh, you know what? Because he was very demanding, I thought, yeah, I bet you you're like this prince from way back who demanded this now, 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 and, and got it now, now, now. And that's how it all started. Um, I know that sounds really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Obtuse. But that's where it started from, and it kind of just rattled around in my brain for, oh, a good year or so before I got a couple of the details ironed out and went, okay, this sounds like fun. Let's try this. Well, uh, that does sound like fun. It was. It was a lot of fun writing the first book. It was uh, It was a hoot, actually, and I just, I loved it. And because it was fun, I found it. It just kind of flowed very easily for me. That's not to say the edits were easy, but the initial the initial story was just really easy to get out and and, um, and to play with. Yeah, and it's a very fast and smooth read too. Thank you, thank you. Um, um, that has a lot to do with my wonderful editor, but it was uh, yeah, it was. I like to keep the reader engaged, and I I learned that a lot from her, and it was. And I've implemented that in the rest of the books in the series. It's time for MythPrint, tips and tricks of the industry. It's time for another one of our special segments. MythPrint includes a basic tip concerning writing, marketing, or anything else to do with the industry. Pat, do you have any tips about writing urban fantasy that you can share with our listeners? I think it's really important when you do that type of genre is you create the world that needs to draw the reader in. And whether it is the fantasy of now, which is like the urban fantasy, or whether you pull from um, the past, which is what I've done with Destiny's Past, you have to create this world that the reader will believe in and that they can see, they can be part of. That makes a lot of sense. 
That's excellent advice. Yeah, it's um, and the the beauty about fantasy is the that world that you create doesn't necessarily have to exist. I mean, parts of Lasos, of course, Lasos does not exist, but I did pull from um, mythology and geography from ancient Persia, which is roughly where I decided to, on the planet, which is where I decided Lasos would be. I didn't pick up on that. How did I miss that? But I like, did you say that in the book? No, I didn't. Um, I specifically didn't say that, but in my mind, that's where it was. Um, the, the landscape, um, was all in my head. And especially in the second book, because, um, the second book is predominantly in, um, 2000 years in the past, but the, the, the last half of the first book does take place in Leso. So in my head, I had pictured ancient Persia. Yeah, and, and I loved I loved what you did with that, too. You did that very well. Thank you. Well, writing is a process of so very many things. What do you love most about what you do? I think it's the fact that um, I can create something that the, the the reader that will take the reader away that this once the story gets in my brain and I and I and I figure out what I'm going to do I love being able to take readers to a different place to make them forget um where they are where they've been um any troubles that they're having or even if they're having a great day the what I love to do is having someone go someplace different I love that because that's why I read is because it does take you away. I agree. And I don't necessarily think that has to be a fiction thing. It can be a nonfiction thing as well. But if, if you pull your reader away from the four walls of the room, then you've done your job. I think so too. Well, Pat, is there anything about the writing process that you don't like? The writing process? No. The the publishing process, the marketing is the one point that I, the one part I have difficulty with. The writing, no. Every single thing about the writing. At first I thought the edits kind of were a drag. But um, after you've got one or two under your belt and you edit along the way, they're not so bad. Um, it's just, it's the what happens after you have the book submitted or your book is finished. And if you're a self-published author and you have to do the marketing, that part I'm finding and the publicity difficult. You know, that really makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're not every writer is Stephen King. They have a staff of people that do all that dirty work for them, you know, so I can understand because that's, you have to really be on top of your game when you're marketing your own stuff. And you have to always be out there. As Mayor can attest, you have to be on social media all day, or at least, you know, hours a day, engaging people and, and constantly figuring out ways to, to, to not just draw attention to the specific book that you're writing now, but the things that are going on in your life about writing and and your whole series of what you're doing and 
that's a, that's a whole process. I mean, you think that it's, you know, writing, once you get it done, you can breathe. Well, no, that's when your <laughs> real work begins, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a job in itself. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And for me, um, I'm a pretty private person. So to be out on social media is a huge obstacle I still have to overcome. Um, it's just a me thing. I, I have a lot of problems being out there all the time just because it's just not me. Stepping outside the box. Know that very well. Yes. Well, anyway, authors work in so many different ways. Are you a planner, outlining everything, making extensive notes, or are you a pantser, flying by the seat of your pants and letting your book go wherever it will? I'm really boring. I'm a planner. <laughs> it is um, once the idea comes into my head and... If it vanishes within the first couple of days, then I let it go. But if an idea rattles around in there, and, and sometimes it echoes because there's not much going on in there some days, <laughs> um, I will write down the major points. I will actually do almost like an outline. I'll say, okay, this is where it starts. This is the key points that need to happen along the way. This is how it ends. And um, I don't go to the point, to the extreme of having something pointing out everything that's going to happen in each chapter. But I do have a basic outline of what's going to happen along the way. And before I write a scene, I will actually play it in my head like a movie reel. Okay, so do you ever, to elaborate on that, do you ever get surprised? Does your writing ever take you places that are outside that outline? Every once in a while, um, my characters will say, I, what, are you nuts? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but that usually doesn't happen until later. I will do a scene or I'll do a chapter or whatever, and I'll get that done. And then later on, it's almost like they go, hello, that's not right because now you're, you're making me do this and that is really not who I am. So then I have to go back and do the edit thing. But, um, for the most part, very rarely will I get a surprise. Occasionally, but not very often. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, we, we've had so many different authors on over the last year or so and I've, not as many that do outlines, so I find it interesting, and I don't do outlines, so I find it interesting to um, to hear your take on that. So, great answer. Oh, thank you. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your next project with us? I know you've got book two is already out, correct? That's Destiny's right. Destiny's Present is out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm just doing finishing final edits on Destiny's Future, which will be submitted shortly um, and is the end of the trilogy and wraps up everything and answers questions. I hope, I hope. Once I hear back from my beta readers, make sure that I have no dangling loose ends. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because when I first started with Destiny's Past, I was sure it was more urban fantasy romance, that's where I was going, yep, this is what I'm going to do, blah, 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 blah. The third book has less romance than the second, 
but it still has romance. And it's just, um, it's very fast paced, like bang, 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 bang. And it's called Destiny's Future. So what is that sci-fi? Is that, did you genre bend with that? No, no. Um, I'm not going to let out anything. But oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got my, obviously I'm curious and, and I've got Destiny's present on my to be real to be read list so yeah i'm looking forward to finishing this trilogy it's exciting thank you yeah it's no i didn't i didn't cross the genre it's still fantasy and it's still but it's i've added a lot of suspense in the second and even more so in the third awesome well we've seen a lot of changes in the publishing industry just in the last couple of years do you feel the changes have impacted your own work? And if so, in what ways? And how do you feel about those changes? I don't think they've impacted my work. Um, the changes I see that are most prominent is the huge influx of self-publishing. And self-publishing, I think, is wonderful for whoever it works for. Um, it's not for me because I just don't have the time. Uh, I work full time and everyone knows you have day to day life things to do as well. I just don't have the time, the knowledge or the desire to self publish. Uh, and I tip my hat to every single person that does do that because if I thought writing was hard, the whole package is beyond comprehension because a good friend of mine is self published and I just look at her and say, wow, girl, like, do you ever sleep? Um, does it impact me? No. But I think it does impact with regards to the amount of titles out there now, which may trickle down and affect the, um, your bottom line with regards to how many books you sell. The myth number is... And now it's time for Mythnomer, our word for the day. And today's word, in honor of Pat, is trilogy. And, of course, we said that Destiny's Past is the first, and Destiny's Present is already out as well. And Destiny's Future is coming soon, we hope. And, Pat, what challenges, if any, did you find in writing a series that you might not have had if you'd written standalones? Well... Um, you have to really be sure that, uh, when you write a trilogy that it, um, let me backtrack. If I could just give a little piece of advice to anyone who wants to do a trilogy and that's great, knock yourself out. A trilogy is different than an ongoing series because you can continue on. But if I had to do it over again, I would write all three books first and then submit. Because once your first book is out and it's in print, you have to make sure that the third coincides with the first. And if there's something in the first that you can't, you can't see being that will tie into the third, you really have to be careful you don't back, paint yourself into a corner. Um, I did at one point, so I had to, you know, you have to just juggle all three balls, um, and make sure that you complete everything in the series so there are no loose ends. That's good advice. Yeah. Um, I had initially thought the series would be 
as a series, but once the first book, I actually had written book one and book two before I submitted the first book. Um, by the time at the end of book two, I knew it was just going to be a trilogy. But uh, going back, if I could do it over again, I would do all three first. Well, Great advice. If you could have a dinner party with any seven people living, dead, or fictional, who would you include? Okay, I had a real hard problem with this question. Um, my guest of honor would be Sidney Sheldon. He um, was a phenomenal writer, and I practically went into mourning for the day when I found out he passed away. I was I read every single book he had, um, followed his career through everything from television to um and he was just, he was a phenomenal writer, and I just found his books very engaging. I found his method of writing uh, very unique because he, he just literally um, would speak into, he would, um, what's the word in pop? He would speak into a microphone, he would tape all his words and then get someone else to write them. Like, wow, how cool is that? Um, whoever else I would have in the literary world, um, <laughs> just... Um, wow. I would love to have Nora Roberts. I mean, who wouldn't love to have Nora Roberts? Wow. Um, Diana Gabaldon. Um, definitely I would have Diana. Some, one person's, one reader had said that my books were a lot like Diana, and I thought that was the biggest praise I could ever, ever receive. Um, and I don't know the rest. <laughs> It doesn't have to be anyone in the literary world. It can right. be anybody. It can be anybody. Anybody. Um, okay, so I've got Sidney Sheldon, Nora Roberts, Diana Gabaldon. That's three. Um, I would definitely take um, Stephanie Powers. Um, no, I'm sorry, not Stephanie Powers. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, Stephanie Zimbalist. Is that who it is? The actress? Uh, yes, they're both actresses. One of them is a, uh, she works mainly with wildlife preservation in, um, over in Kenya, and she can speak seven languages. Wow. Yeah, she's a phenomenal person. I would just probably stand there and look like an idiot and, and drop food and while I watch her eat. <laughs> 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 um, I'm pretty sure it's Stephanie powers i'm almost positive it's stephanie powers um there's let's see i think if i had stephen king he'd be bored with my question of how you can get something so demented from someone that brilliant um dean coons i would probably have dean coons um and probably gandhi very cool group i am such a huge fan of stephen king and dean coons they're so different but yet so so wonderful and I think Gandhi would would keep everything rational, <laughs> <You know? I'm> sorry. <laughs> peaceful. You know, yes, yes, great, great. And you're right; she is uh, associated with the William William Holden Wildlife Foundation, and that's Stephanie Powers, who used to be on Macmillan and Wife. Yes, bless you. Thank you very much, Mayor. You're, you're welcome. I'm sure Google is your friend. <laughs> Pat, what question do you never get asked that you wish someone would ask you? And then what would your answer be? 
You know, I thought about that and thought about that, and I went, okay. Um, I mean, there's, there's really cool questions, like if your character was a car, like what car would it be? Um, or if your characters were um, colors, what colors would they be? I don't necessarily have a question that no one has ever asked me, just because, I don't know, it's just... Uh, why don't you ask me one? <laughs> there you go. That's okay. You don't have to have an answer because... No, I don't really have one. No. Well, that's that's perfectly fine. Well, everyone has their own personal myths, things that a lot of people think about us that may or may not be true, their own personal myth behaviors. What myth behavior do people believe about you that is absolutely not true? That I'm this super confident a whirlwind writer that can pound this stuff out without blinking an eye. <laughs> um, that I'm, that I am very confident in what I do and that I'm very assured once the product is out. That is a myth. But you do come across that way. I have to, I have to say. Absolutely. Well, it's, um, I'm one of those when I did the first one and my editor after doing a significant edit she says you just pat you just have to learn to let go let it go um to this day i can still pick up destiny's pass and go you know what right there i should have changed that word uh no i should have done that there and i will always <laughs> be like that <laughs> just, it's it I, it will never be perfect for me but I have to learn to live with it. Well, that, that's because it's your baby. That is your creation, you know, and there are some of us, and yes, I'm one that I am such a perfectionist that I can totally relate to what you're saying. As can I. I could tweak forever. Now, are you a perfectionist? Are either one of you in a perfectionist in every point of your life or just your writing? No, in a couple of areas, but not in everything. Not in everything. I'm not a writer, so I'm a geek. And so <laughs> but, she, but she's a brilliant geek. <laughs> so, you know, not in every aspect of my life. I mean, because, you know, you can walk into my house and it's in shambles and I could care less because I'm creative. You know, I just, you know, don't just don't saddle me with with housework, you know. <laughs> so, Pat, what misbehavior do people believe about you that really is true? I hope they believe how committed I am to my craft. It's, um, some people, one person said to me, oh, you know, it's a really nice hobby to have. And I had to restrain myself from smacking them because it is not a hobby to me. It is not quite an obsession, but it, it is my other profession. And I take it very seriously. And it is, um, really important that I give value to the people who spend their hard-earned money on me and I think um I think people believe that that is an awesome answer I can see that yeah I can see that well Pat it's that time thank you so very much for being our guest we appreciate your information and all the sharing you've done with us thank you so very much Yes, Pat, we do appreciate it, and thank you for coming along and and sharing so many really good tips that uh, our listeners are going to be able to apply to their own work, those that write, I hope. And I think you've given us a fascinating look at what you do, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. 
Thank you very much for having me, ladies. It's been a real pleasure speaking with both of you and to anybody else who's listening. Um, I really appreciate them tuning in. Well, remember, everyone, you can go to MythBehaving.com for more information about Patricia Lee and links to her books. You can also read her bio and find links to her social media. And don't forget, you can download this episode from iTunes or you can listen right on the MythBehaving.com website. Please take a moment to leave us a positive feedback on iTunes. That's how we move up that iTunes ladder. And you can also subscribe to us right there on iTunes as well. Well, thanks for tuning in to Myth Behaving. We'll see you again next time. Until then, I'm Carla. And I'm Mare, and we are Myth Behaving, where reality meets fantasy. See you soon. <laughs>